0: Welcome to psalm 74. This psalm is one of the bitterest complaints arising from one of Israel's bitterest experience and that is the destruction of the sanctuary. Now, Most commentators believe that this destruction is the destruction of Jerusalem in 587 BC by the Babylonians which actually brought the Hebrew Kingdom to an end. Well, The impact of this event was so colossal for the Israelites that they were like, how could God allow such a thing? Could he allow his very temple to be defiled and destroyed? How could there be a war cry in the sanctuary where once there were songs of joy sung unto the Lord? Why is God so withdrawn? Why is God not coming to our rescue? So as you read the psalm, you will get to see and feel the anguish of the one who so deeply loved God and could not understand why God permitted such destruction. Israel of course was supposedly God's own flock and his inheritance and Mount Zion his dwelling place, yet he allowed evil men to destroy his people with his house. And the question Asaph raises is that of, why God, why O Lord would you allow? Verse 1 he says, O God, why have you cast us off forever? Why does your anger smoke against the sheep of your pasture? And in verse 2, Asaph turns to God and appeals to him by reminding him that Israel belonged to God. He says, look, O Lord, Israel is your purchased people whom you brought out of the slave market of the nation. Israel is your inheritance, your valued treasure. And he reminds God in the hope that if only God would remember how much he cared for his people in the past and he rescued them, he would perhaps have God change his mind. From verses 3 to 8, he's giving God a good visual tour of the damage that is being done by the foreign enemy. He says, the enemy has damaged everything in the sanctuary. Your enemies roar in the midst of your meeting place. They set up their banners for signs. They seem like men who lift up axes among the thick tree and now they break down its carved work all at once. With axes and hammers, they have set fire to your sanctuary. They have defiled the dwelling place of your name, to the ground. And from verses 9 to 17, Asaph is baffled by the very fact that the very sign of godly people or godliness is completely obliterated. There is in fact no longer any sign of any prophet left to interpret the times and to give them God's message. And he says, "O oh God, how long will the adversary reproach? Will the enemy blaspheme your name forever? Why do you withdraw your hand, even your very right hand? Well, why did God withdraw His hand? And why did God allow His very people to be destroyed? Why did He let a foreign army invade His precious people, whom He had delivered by His mighty hand? Now the answer to that question is perhaps found in the fact that His very people often refused to obey God's will. And by the very fact that God is a holy God, could not put up with unholiness, even from His own very people. Remember Solomon's temple, built with gold, silver and costly stones. In fact, much wealth beyond measure had gone into the building of this temple. It was indeed a glorious place inhabited by the presence of God. It actually stood tall as a testament to the world that there is no God like Yahweh. And in Kings chapter 9 and verses 4 onwards, God appears to Solomon the second time and this is what God told Solomon. I have heard your prayers Solomon and your pleas have come before me. I have consecrated this temple which you have built by putting my name there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. As for you, if you walk before me faithfully with integrity of heart and uprightness as David your father did and do all I command and observe my decrees and laws, I will establish your royal throne over Israel forever as I promised David your father. But, but if you or your descendants turn away from me and do not observe the commands and decrees I have given you and go off to serve other gods and worship them, Then I will cut off Israel from the land I have given them and I will reject this temple I have consecrated for my name. Israel will then become a byword and an object of ridicule among all people. This very temple will become a heap of rubble. All who pass by will be appalled and will scoff and say, Why has the Lord done such a thing to this land and to this temple? And then people will answer, because they have forsaken the Lord, their God, who brought their ancestors out of Egypt and have embraced other gods, worshipping and serving them. That is why, that is why the Lord brought all this disaster on them. And the scripture goes on to tell us that solomon did not heed god's warning solomon did not heed god's warning and god kept his word and sent his discipline god destroyed the temple the very temple which was consecrated to his name what do i learn god is not impressed with our buildings what he wants is a loving obedience he is not impressed with our buildings. What he wants is a loving obedience. Yes, he will provide everything needed for a building, but he will only bless it when we live in obedience. And the story of Solomon, I would think is a grim reminder that God would rather destroy his holy temple than permit his people to live in their sin. God would rather destroy his holy temple than permit his people to live in their sin. And Asaph here surely knew that the sins of the nations had caused the invasion of the enemy and the destruction of the temple. Nevertheless, as a Jew, he wanted to see the city and the people delivered and the enemy defeated. In fact, in the very cry he makes, how long, O Lord, is the expected time frame. And he knows that God in his time, he would relent and have compassion upon his people. Meanwhile, all he could do was to weep, to pray, to trust God, and to wait upon God. And as I read the psalm, I was reminded of our own times, times of living through the pandemic. The impact indeed has been unprecedented. Can you imagine the number of lives lost, job lost, economic fallout? None of us are able to receive our churches, our places of worship either. And perhaps all that we can do is to cry out saying, how long, how long, O Lord. Now, I'm not saying that this pandemic has come upon us because of our sins, but there is no harm in wailing and crying unto God to forgive us. In fact, we are to live a repentant life every day. And let us continue to do what we can do, that is to weep, to pray, to trust God, and to wait upon the Lord. For our God is a God of mercy, and He will surely show forth His mercy upon us when we call out to His name. And I pray that as you read the psalm, you would know that yes, God is a God who listens to us when we pray. And we can bring our bitterest complaints and pour our hearts to Him. Shall we pray? You are faithful, O Lord. You are with us in good times and in bad. Thank you for always being there when we pray. Remember your promises, O Lord. Arise in strength. Rescue those who have no hope. Show yourself strong to the weak and the downcast. Bring forth your salvation to the earth. Cause all of creation to praise your name and worship at your feet. And God, when we walk away from your path, please do discipline us so that we are brought back into the flock and into your presence. For we want to stay with you and live with you and praise you forever. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.